Welcome to the Soul Ed Podcast with me, intuitive life and business coach, Amelia Francesca. Soul Ed is for the big-hearted visionaries who know they want to play a little differently in this world. It's your space to connect deeper with your inner guidance and in turn live out your most liberated, radiant and expansive life. Hello my loves, welcome back. Um, Oh, it's so nice to be back this week and speaking with you. I am so appreciative as well for all the messages of you eagerly anticipating upcoming episodes. I apologize for the slight break. And as this is still such a baby in the making, this podcast, um, which has such a long life ahead of it, I've just really been leaning into and figuring out, and I haven't still come to a defined conclusion but just been figuring out how I best want to record and create these episodes for you I absolutely love them being free flow I love 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 the oh oh the enjoyment of no structure of no need to edit them of no need to um be overly anxious about what I'm about to say I just love that and so the only thing that I'm really working on is how best to sort of put them together whether that looks like me sitting down and batching episodes when I know that I'm in a podcast mood um, or whether it looks like me sort of every 10 days or every two weeks sitting down and recording the podcast no matter what energy state I'm in that day and just trusting what comes through and I haven't quite yet figured out what that's going to look like for me because I want it to both not only work for me but also best work for for you the listener um, so that you feel that you receive these episodes regularly and that they're of the highest benefit for you so I've just been playing around with that a little bit and the question that's really been helping me with that and that also helps me in so much of the work that I do within my business and and can also be so relevant for life as well so it felt necessary and and you know helpful to share with you all today. The question I ask and have been asking is am I in the state I need to be in to do this well? And that can be super helpful to just immediately know whether yes, you're in this state and you can do it, or if it feels like, no, I'm not quite there, then you then get to follow up with what do I need to do in order to create the state I would need to be in to do this well. And there's also going to be times, and I have been speaking with a lot of my clients recently, whether it's life coaching clients or business coaching clients who are really feeling the the, the lockdown fatigue, the um you know, the, the things that are going on in the world right now, you're feeling the fatigue to it. And so there has been, and there's, you know, there seems to be that it could dip in people's energy. Like our energy capacity might not be as high as we've known it to be previously, or we like it to be. And so when you're looking at something, this question can be really great in that, am I in the state I need to be in to do this well? And you might then know, okay, actually, I only feel like I have the energy to be able to do 80% of my things well this week. So let's now cut through which things I'm going to do and which things I'm, I can let go of and that are not important for me to do because I want to focus on doing things well and then also honoring the level of energy and capacity that I have. And so how that showed up for me last week when I was actually due to record this episode was 
I personally have been definitely feeling the lockdown fatigue like massively and I also have been going through a bit of a deeper healing process with a few things right now that are all is all separate areas of life I've been doing work on my health and energy and work on relationships and love and work on business and all of them unsurprisingly as a coach myself and knowing that everything always interlinks unsurprisingly they've all come back to the same reoccurring theme which is requiring a lot of inner child healing and a lot of inner child um, love and protection and healing essentially So that's been taking up a lot of my energy force. So therefore, when I looked at my list of things within my business last week and asked that question to myself, it came down to, okay, perhaps I only have, honestly, I was probably about 60% capacity of my usual 100% in terms of energy last week. And so I knew I only had 60% capacity I knew I only had the capacity to do 60% of the things in my business that week well, to be in the state to do them well. So then for, therefore, then what does that mean? And that for me looked like, okay, well, clients, number one, always. Okay, that takes up almost 40 to 50%. So then where is this other 10% going? And that went on a couple of other things rather than the podcast. And that felt like a really great way for me to be able to decipher how to honor myself and also to mean that then whatever else you do put out whether it was you know recording a podcast episode whether it's you writing the Instagram post whether it's something in your personal life of like going for the run doing the exercise cooking yourself the meal seeing friends you know asking yourself that question can really help you decide what to do, how to either nurture yourself into the state you need to be in or recognize if you don't feel like your energy is quite where it needs to, you know, quite where you're used to it being right now, then what kind of stays on the list and and what gets let go of for that week. Um, But let's dive in. Let's dive into the main topic of today, which is speaking about failures and our ever-evolving relationship with failure, which Oh, it gets me excited, actually, which feels so cool because I was writing down what I view as like my biggest failures ever. And I wrote them down from based off of like how I felt at the time, like when they actually felt like huge failings. And now I look at them in hindsight and they aren't failings at all. And they're actually exactly what needed to happen in order to lead me on my path, which I kind of tend to think almost like every single failure actually is. So it's never really a failure in the way that society perceives a failure. Like for instance, not succeeding at something. It's never really that, it's much more a step on our journey toward that the end goal that perhaps even at the time we don't even see. But when I was looking back at them and kind of just feeling into the energy of how I used to feel at the time that these failures were taking place, and there might be a few that I sort of actually speak out out loud to you and share with you, the energy I used to have around failure was even the word was like, oh, God, oh, gross, cringe, horrible, get me away from that. And now I say it, and it has such a neutrality to it. It has such a, yeah, failure. And what? Like that, I, I, I almost can't articulate it any, <laughs> any better, but it, it just has a neutrality to it now. And that feels so great. And I, I share that not to, 
boast on where my journey of failure is at, but to hopefully give encouragement to anyone who is still feeling really icky and uncomfortable around failure and, and, and avoids it, um, avoids even perhaps doing the relationship building with it. And I also share it as well, because I think that I used to view it as very sort of black, black and white, either or of like, you're either a failure or you're a success you're either a failure or you're doing well in life. And actually what I have now come to know is true and what I know will resonate with you because I know who you are in my community of being somebody who is here to live to your fullest potential, here to share your magic and your gifts and your talents with the world, here to feel in your optimal existence, here to feel that life is in your deepest alignment and you uh, right where you're meant to be and enjoying everything and building and expanding and and for you to experience all of those things and for, for me to experience all those things asks us to continuously be growing and expanding and up leveling as we evolve on our path as we evolve on our journey and we cannot expand and grow and evolve without fear walking um sorry without <laughs> that's true we can't do that without fear walking alongside us but what I meant to say was we can't do that without failure walking alongside us the potential of failing at something walking alongside us on the path and if we fear failure if we are very uncomfortable around failure then we're almost kind of saying I know that this is what I want and this is the pathway I want to walk down but there's an element to this path that I really don't like and that's the failure element and so we're kind of you know bashing this journey that we're going on because we're we're not accepting of a part of it and so I believe that the acceptance of there is a potential of failure is crucial because failure and success so often walk hand in hand alongside each other and it will only feel really triggering this as a concept if failure means something of a really negative connotation to you otherwise you might feel quite comfortable with oh yeah, of course, there'll be times when I'll quote unquote fail at something. Like it won't always go exactly as I planned. It won't always go exactly the way that I success mapped it out. Um, whether this is something to do with life, whether there's something to do with business, whether it's something to do with career, it won't always go exactly as I want it to. I will fail. Like there is no way, I'm 30 years old, there is no way between now and my deathbed, there are not going to be failures. And rather than make that mean something and try and avoid them, like, you know, try and almost like skirt the issue of failure by building a relationship with failure. It means that I welcome them and they're okay. And I actually see the, the vast benefit of them. And this is that whole sort of risk versus reward thing, right? Of the risk is the failure, but the reward is the success. And 
the reward is as getting to do what we really want to do, getting to feel what we really want to feel, getting to experience what we really want to experience, getting to live out how we envisage living out. And the risk is that along that path and along as doing those things, failure may come. So they get to go hand in hand. And if we don't want to have the element of risk we're likely also saying I don't want to have the element of reward so I'm going to remove the possibility of failing but in doing that I'm also removing the possibility of really succeeding of really thriving of really living and to me that feels like the failure to remove ourselves from having the potential of the rewarding life that we dream of. And I'm not talking rewarding in terms of materialistic way, although sometimes that can be the the element in that area of our life that we're working on at the moment, but rewarding in terms of that nurturing, nourishing, fulfilling life, right? And I know immediately which one I choose. Of course, I would welcome the risk alongside welcoming the reward rather than say I don't want the reward because I'm not willing to take the risk it's like that beautiful analogy of you can't expect to get good at surfing if you're afraid of getting wet or the one that personally I prefer to use because I'm terrible at surfing so cannot relate is you can't expect to get good at skiing if you're so afraid of falling over and that was actually something that I remember from day one of when I started to learn to ski and I was 19 years old the first time I ever put on a pair of skis and kindly had a few sort of friends I was working with on my ski season give me some pointers and help me the first couple of times on the mountain and they were like just accept that you're going to fall over and because I didn't have that fear of falling and knew that it was part and parcel of me learning and getting better it wasn't something I fixated on therefore it happened less and it meant that I could then reap the rewards of the you know the beauty that skiing gave me rather than being so worried about the risk of the fall you know and I do believe that inherently we don't fear failures. We fear feeling that we are a failure. So we don't actually fear the failing of something. We don't fear the failure of the launch in our business or the failure of the relationship or the failure of something not going to plan. It goes much deeper than that. We fear the feeling that the failure might bring us. So if we are still living, which the societal way that we're brought up is to keep them as one and the same thing of, I failed at this, therefore I am a failure. If we keep them still as the same, they hold a deep level of control over us right because anytime we fail at anything it's inherently us believing that we are a failure I am a failure I am not good enough I'm a loser all of these things and so the separation of realizing we don't fear failing we but we deeply fear 
feeling like a failure and realizing they're two separate things. And just because we failed in a physical area of our lives doesn't mean that we then have to feel a certain way about ourselves, I believe can be the most empowering thing ever and is something that even if we already know it, to keep returning to that and reminding ourselves of that and making sure that we're living by that, aka making sure that when as and when failures happen in our physical lived out worlds, what are we making that mean about ourselves? And have we returned to the state that we once were in of thinking that because that failed, I'm a failure? Or are we able to keep them separate? And when it no longer means that I am a failure just because I failed at this one thing, it releases vast level of control that failure has over us it separates it completely it becomes so much less all-consuming right because we get to choose how we view ourselves even when we fail I, for the longest time, always related my failures, like my physical failures in my life to mean that I was a failure, hence why I was so scared of failing. Because every time I failed at something, it like reiterated this internal feeling of I am a failure. Instead of it just being, oh, something I failed at, but inherently I still know that I'm good enough. And so therefore I can keep going. So whenever I do work with clients around failure, we always scope way far out. Like even if say we're working on them about to launch something, a website and offering a group program, and they're worried about the failure that might come with that, or maybe even, you know, using our voices louder, speaking up more, being more visible, there can be a worry of failure with that too. Right. And so rather than as focused just on that specific thing of just the launch, we look at their deeper relationship with failure and do they still relate it to when something physically doesn't go the way that they hoped for or the way they intended? What do they make that mean about themselves? Because what we make it mean about ourselves will really play a big part into whether we're willing to keep failing. Because of course, like think about the fact that subconsciously we're always in self-protection mode. Um, and therefore, if we still inherently believe that every time we fail at something, it makes us a failure and it redefines and kind of underlines that message of I am a failure, that self-protection element is going to want us to avoid anything that makes us feel more of more of that emotion, that makes us underline or put that emotion of I am a failure in bold, right? So that can often be where procrastination comes in where like not doing what we say we will comes in because it's actually a subconscious way of trying to create some self-protection of not wanting to feel any more of a failure than we already are allowing ourselves to feel or have been you know sort of attuned to feel for a really long time so this separation of I can fail at something without it meaning I am a failure changes all of that and as with anything, it's never like standalone. Like when we look at one thing, we're also looking at six other things. So when we look at failure, we're also looking at our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with 
um, whether we abandon ourselves, our relationship with whether we betray ourselves and our, our relationship with whether we trust and believe in ourselves. Because what I have learned that feels so powerful nowadays, which is why this the feeling of failure has such neutrality toward it is no matter the outcome, no matter if no one signs up for my launch, no matter if I'm still single, no matter if, you know, anything that perhaps my conscious brain wants to tell me that I might have failed at, no matter the outcome, I won't abandon myself. So even if I fail in the physical realm, I'm not going to abandon myself eternally, internally. Which isn't something that I used to be able to say was true. In fact, almost every time when I was younger and I failed at something because I then felt like such a failure, I would abandon myself and I would allow the part of me that felt horrible to consume all of me and the part of me that told myself wasn't good enough to consume all of me and the parts of me that you know saw it any differently or felt any better they just got up and left and I just abandoned myself and so when we're looking at a relationship with failure we're also looking at a relationship with whether we remain with ourselves even when times are hard. And sometimes that can be tricky because it feels uncomfortable, but discomfort informs us, informs us of so many different things. And so if it feels really hard, and let me just put this into context of an example. So if it feels really hard after say, launching a program in your business and it didn't sell in the way that you wanted it to, or you've just come out of a relationship and you see it as a failing, that that relationship didn't succeed. It can feel really uncomfortable to look at because perhaps you've been so primed your whole life when stuff doesn't go a certain way to allow your inner critic to come out loud and proud and really have a go at you. It can feel kind of uncomfortable to actually say, just because this failed, this launch failed, this relationship failed, doesn't mean I'm a failure and I still choose to love and trust and accept myself. That might feel really uncomfortable at first. There might be a lot of resistance to allowing all of those parts of you to be there when you've been so used to kind of abandoning yourself and letting yourself pick yourself apart. So it might feel really uncomfortable, but discomfort informs us. So anywhere where there's discomfort or resistance is simply as being invited in closer to explore this area more, to see what more needs to be healed, what more needs to be looked at, what more we are being required to do so we can lean deeper into self-trust, self-acceptance and belief and you know, that commitment to always remaining with ourselves, even when times get tough. And the self-abandonment piece is a big piece, and I don't want to segue into it too much, but think about it. When we believe we're a failure, when we believe we're a loser, when we believe we're not enough, often, I go as far as say nine times out of 10, that comes with a deep fear that we will be left. 
that we will be abandoned, that we'll be forgotten, that we'll be left behind, that we'll be unloved, unlovable, because we are these things, because we're a failure, because we're not good enough. And so the very thing, as we know within our in the work, when you know, when when the self-work really works, is we are being asked to be that of which we require. And we're being asked to be the person that remains even when things get really tough. So if we abandon ourselves the first moment we fail and it's almost like we throw our arms up in the air and screw this and I'm shit and I'm never going to try again and I don't trust myself anymore and I don't trust the universe anymore and I don't believe in myself anymore and we just abandon ourselves because something didn't happen then all we're continuing to do is perpetuate that wound and that fear of that others are going to abandon us. So this is powerful work to remain even when we feel like we're a failure, to remain even when the discomfort is there and always knowing this discomfort is informing me of something. And another really important piece to bring into the conversation around failure because of the fact that our relationship with how we view failure is so deeply embedded and taught to us through society, through mainstream media, for our upbringing, um, through patriarchy systems, um, through so many different things that we have a lot to unpack around this and it might be so much more embedded than we perhaps even realize at some points and it can feel that way when we first start exploring um, our relationship with failure and it can also feel that way even when we're two three four years in and we like uncover this other piece we're like oh interesting didn't realize like that was still a belief that I had there or that was still a feeling that I had there and I also want to honor you because it can feel a bit like you're getting whiplashed when you've gone from feeling a certain way about failure for for so many years because perhaps say you went through the standard schooling system and you got taught to pass the exams and to get the good grades and to never fail and to try really hard and to pass and then maybe you had extracurricular activities where it's like win the medal score the goal, like do really well. And you might have had that message um, reiterated even more from your caregivers or from your parents, from your family, etc. And that kind of starts to get entwined within us. And then you suddenly find yourself, whether you're on the path of being an entrepreneur and running a business or whether it's you're on, you're on the path of living in your deepest alignment and living up to your potential and you know that therefore failure is inevitable and suddenly you start realizing or being told like failure is good like welcome the failures the failures also you know allow you to walk hand in hand with the success like the risk is the reward like all of these different things it can in some ways feel a little bit jarring and that's okay if it feels that way and I would encourage you because you're older and you get to now have a level of discernment, I would really encourage you to look at the things that perhaps you feel you're failing at or that you worry you might fail at and ask yourself, is this actually a failure to me 
or is it society telling me that I am failing? They're two completely separate things. And how liberating to come back to this truth. That we get to decide that just because society says we have to do things a certain way, to be seen and perceived as a successful or worthy or, you know, just even to be perceived as a woman, um, that we don't have to play by those rules and we get to define it for ourselves. And we know that and we get, we're already living in that life, but even getting to kind of stick your middle finger up to it even more by realizing, oh, wait, I've been worrying about failing with this but actually that was the old narrative that I used to buy into, which is that society is telling me I'm failing. I don't actually feel that I'm failing. And you'll notice this throughout so many different things. In personal life, it might be linked to you leaving or changing a career, um, leaving a relationship that didn't serve you and hearing perhaps even people who mean very well, like friends and loved ones, et cetera, fear that that was a really bad decision for you and that was you know oh you know that might have been the last opportunity in are you really sure you want to change careers now what about money are you really sure you want to leave that relationship like have you you're getting older like all of these different things that are kind of perpetuating this feeling of we're we're failing and we're not good enough and just even being aware of that and noticing oh bless that person who is still who is simply reciting what society's expectations are but with this specific societal expectation this doesn't feel aligned for me and instead I chose my truth and I chose my deepest alignment and I did it this way we can also even notice it within the space of business because we start to be all consumed by seeing other people running their own businesses. And so it might step away a little bit more from is this, you know, society as a whole, but it might be within my industry. Is it my, do I feel like it's a failure or is it my industry telling me I'm failing? And it might not be a, you know, a, a verbal message of that, but it's that underlying feeling of, but if you're not hitting these kind of figures of in, in your business, that means you're failing. If you're not also bringing in these elements of being this sensual woman into your business, you're failing. Like there's going to be, I, do, I, I just want to kind of pinpoint a couple of things that it could be, but it could be many different things that we, that we use, um, of, you know, I'm not showing up in a certain way. I'm not being loud enough. I'm not being, I'm not being this enough um, or I'm not making enough money or calling in enough clients. And I'm not living in the place that all these entrepreneurs seem to live in or a part of their cool crew. Like it can, before we even realize it, it can play in in so many different ways. And again, it's then that opportunity to breathe, <sighs> breathe and practice the discernment of does this actually feel like a failure to me or is it simply that I'm perceiving it to be a failure because of the space that I'm in and this actually links a lot back into success right because once we've defined our success then we can then have that discernment between okay well maybe by society's expectations or my industry of my business's expectations I'm 
not doing what I should be doing. Therefore, AKA I must be failing, but actually I've defined what my level of success is and what success means to me and how that income is encompassed by me. So therefore I, I know that this isn't a failure from me. And so if you haven't listened to episode two, where I talk about success within business, I'd really encourage that. And there's actually a a beginning section to that podcast that would be relevant for you, even if you're not within your own business, because it's just how to kind of map out what success is for you. And you can apply that to yourself, even if you are not a entrepreneur. And something I just wanted to bring up because it like fascinated me, enraged me and made me sad. But I think just goes to speak to this point of how we are so conditioned by society to view certain things in certain ways and how it's so deeply embedded in us that we don't even realize that we have limiting beliefs around something because we just see it as the truth of what it is. And this is specifically around failure. Now, I just pulled it up in the dictionary on Google. I googled failure, what's the meaning of failure? Um, And this is what came through. So it says here, failure noun means a lack of success. Then it says similar, and it then lists a selection of words which are similar to the word failure. which if you ever write copy for anything, all my entrepreneurs, put your hand up. How often do you use that similar thing when you're like, oh, I can't say alignment again. I can't say heart-centered again. What's a similar word? I literally live in this area. But the words that it creates, classifies as similar to failure, this is where I got enraged and sad and felt that it was relevant to share. It initially really um, says similar, lack of success, non-fulfillment, non-success. And then the fourth and fifth words that are similar to failure are abortion and miscarriage. Which if that isn't a indication of how we are destined to feel about specific things because of societal systems. I don't know what is. The fact that those two things, an abortion and a miscarriage, are categorized under being a failure, even in a dictionary definition, blows my mind. And it just goes to show how deeply embedded this stuff is. So this is what I mean when, and you know, this comes as no surprise to you for anyone who's been in my space um, long before this podcast, um, and perhaps even from listening to the last couple of episodes of the podcast, you'll know that I'm big on bringing up the topics that we don't just cover in 30 minutes and you're like, tick, done. This is what I mean with, with the failure is going to be a, a a longer journey of unpacking it and redefining our relationship with it because it is so deeply embedded and without us even perhaps realizing sometimes we kind of pick up on the feeling of feeling something even though we ourselves know it isn't something so um you know even even these examples abortion miscarriage i'm doing a dating uh, course at the moment with the excellent mark groves of create the love love him and he talks about this this hierarchy of how we're viewed within relationship status and how it kind of goes single dating 
relationship, engaged, marriage. And like, it goes up and up and up and up. And it's like, oh, don't want to be single. Oh, you're dating, but are you in a relationship yet? Oh, relationship, are you engaged? Oh, marriage, like marriage is seen as like top tier. Um, Likely once you're married, then you start getting the questions around children and, you know, certain things like that. That's the the way that society can be. Um, And then he speaks about how within this system of status that society has given to relationships if you are divorced you sit below single so you're told that because a marriage didn't succeed then you move all the way back down to the bottom and you are now below you are the you're the lowest ring on the ladder of the the status of relationships and this doesn't come as a surprise to me. I think we we can all see that this is how it plays out, that we're, we're told certain things and made to believe certain things about what it means to be divorced, what it means to be single, what it means to um, be engaged but not married or all of these different things. But it's just so interesting how this, is, this, this plays out. And you might, as I was starting to kind of speak to, it's like you might not feel a failure for something, but you might be receiving so many subliminal messages that you are, that you can almost start to like absorb and pick up that feeling. Um, without it even being your own feeling, like you might not associate single equals failure or um, divorced equals failure or dating but not in a relationship equals failure or abortion equals failure but if we're receiving so many subliminal messages we might be starting to sense that feeling and being like I feel like a bit of a failure and I don't even know why because it actually feels like what I'm doing feels just fine and where I'm at feels okay and I feel okay but why am I still feeling this way and that can be the power when we're kind of sucked into these systems of it telling us we need to feel a certain way about certain things so in essence here I'm just saying don't worry if as you unpack and redefine your relationship with failure that that various things come up and you might have noticed that you absorb this feeling of like oh because it's my the expectations of society the expectations of my friendship groups my peers my family that I should feel x about x um which doesn't have to be the case at all and I want to share a few tangible takeaways of some of the things that I have done and can perhaps even continue to do as I first started redefining my relationship with failure up until this day of when I experience a failure and no this isn't an extensive list because honestly my relationship with failure and how I felt about myself for a good decade of my life was the epitome of I am a failure. That was how I felt about every aspect of who I was as a person and how I lived my life from the age of about 16 for a good decade. And I lived in the space of still believing that whenever I failed at something, it reiterated I am a failure as a person and therefore it reiterated that I am not good enough. And so what actually started happening first, it wasn't that one day I woke up and I started doing that the the things that I might list out to you now what actually began first was the journey toward all around self-development and inner work and starting to look at self-trust and self-acceptance and coming home to ourselves Um, and so it's such an extensive 
list of things because it was essentially, you know, me diving straight into the books and the podcasts and working with a coach and uncovering myself in and seeing myself at soul level that I'd never seen myself at before, et cetera, that, that was really the catalyst that then led me to then being able to look at the elements of failure in specific. Um, but I really went from, as I say, feeling like I am a failure um, to, and that was playing out up until just four years ago you know, which feels mad when I say it out loud, because it feels like such a separate person. Um, it's a person that I have so much empathy for, so much love for, and who actually has has taught me so much, you know, so it's a, it's a part of myself that I don't regret existing within, but it feels so separate to where I am now. Um, and that is why actually, even when I was writing out like, oh, the, what are my biggest failures? Like, what's the things that felt like the biggest failures at the time? All of those things were things that happened in my early 20s. None of them are things that have happened since I've started a business. And that's because although I've had many failings whilst being in business, which is part of the territory, and I could list those out. And if there is a part of you that's like, give us more about the failings in the business, like um, off the top of my head, it's like I, it took me four months to sign my first one-on-one long-term coaching paying client. Like I signed a couple of one-offs here and there, but it took me four months since my business was of being launched to sign my first proper client. Um, my first ever workshop, live workshop, in-person workshop that I tried to host, we had to cancel because we didn't, we only sold two tickets and it didn't even cover the cost of the venue. Um, my first ever group coaching program that I decided to launch didn't sell um, and was never released because I actually realized afterwards that I didn't like it and I didn't want to run it. Um, so it was a, a much of a blessing. Um, there's been so many, you know, every time you pivot, every time you stretch yourself, there's the potential for failing. And sometimes you do fail. And yet I no longer define a failing as me being a failure. And I am at a place that no matter the outcome, I won't abandon myself. And no matter the outcome, I've got my back unconditionally. And so failure no longer, truly no longer holds the energy that it once held for me and so a few things that in and of itself the energy that we equate to something the emotional attachment we give to something is huge and this is something that I work on a lot with um emotion code which is something that I'm starting to bring into all of my work I'm within the next couple of weeks I'll be officially qualified as an emotion code practitioner and I'm excited to actually share some more insights into this overcoming podcast but the emotional attachment that we give to something plays massively into how it then sits within our bodies and how we then end up acting off of it subconsciously without even realizing consciously what we're choosing to do. And so I would really look first and foremost at the energy that failure feels within you and within the cells within your body. A, essentially looking at even when you think of the word failure or when you think of a time that you feel like you failed how does your body begin to feel does it begin to feel restricted does it begin to feel kind of like your shoulders begin to stoop 
do you feel nauseous do you feel anxious do you feel uncomfortable do you feel resistant to even being in your body because it's a feeling you don't want to feel like how does your body feel and the whole idea here is that we always continuously want to be teaching our bodies that they are safe when they're in these environments that we want to create neutrality towards if you want to feel neutral around failure you need your body to feel neutral around failure and the way you can begin to do that is by looking at times that your your body feels really safe like when you feel nurtured and nourished and when you feel safe how does your body feel in those moments and if you can't quite articulate it yet I would almost just set yourself that as your homework for this week of the moments that I feel most safe and most relaxed and most secure how does my body feel and then you then know your two contrasts of like this is how my body feels when it doesn't feel safe and oh I notice that that's how it feels when I'm looking at failure it doesn't feel safe and it and it does these things and this is how my body feels when it feels safe and it feels this way and it does these things and you can start to bring in the feelings of safety into the feelings of failing And so say if there's something that you have recently failed at or something you fear that you might fail at within your life or business or work, then you can start to ask yourself, how can I just bring in this feeling of like safety of my body is safe. I've got my back no matter what and starting to kind of bring in that neutrality within your body. Um, Body leads mind just as much as mind leads body. Another really important thing that has been super helpful for me is forgiveness exercises. I had to spend a lot of time forgiving myself for two of the biggest things that felt like a failure in my life back in my early and mid twenties. And these two things were failing at a job. There was one specific job that I had um, in my life where I felt like a, a, a complete failure in it. I felt like I never did good enough, um, And it wasn't just a feeling of not doing good enough, like I had evidence of not doing good enough. So it wasn't something that I had planted in my mind of like, I'm not doing good enough. And there was actually contrary to that. Um, It was actually the truth. Like I just wasn't doing good enough in that job. And I couldn't seem to ever get the results that were required. Um, it, It felt like a constant uphill battle that I could never seem to get around and it came as a big blow and a shock to me because I'd never felt this way within jobs before I'd always succeeded in jobs I'd always done well in jobs I'd always been praised in jobs and promoted in jobs and so to be dealt this card of being in a job where I felt like everything I did failed like everything I did fell apart became a a really um, unhealthy space to to be in um but little side nugget to that I honestly think that if I hadn't failed so vastly in that job I wouldn't have left it and me leaving it led me to then go work in a spin studio in central London which I then worked at for the whole sort of year I was actually there for I think about 18 months I was there for 18 months and I was there for the whole time of completing my coaching certificate to become a coach and then that first year of running my business where I where I still had another income coming in and I honestly wouldn't have quit that job and even considered going from like a corporate job into working in a fitness studio where I was getting paid like a quarter of what I was being paid in my corporate job if I hadn't failed so miserably if it hadn't been like you have to you, you, you have to leave like you have to leave and um, you have no other option like if I'd been mediocre at it and kind of getting on okay 
then I wouldn't have allowed myself to have quit. And who knows how, how different that would have been of, you know, what if I'd stayed in this job that I was kind of miserable in whilst I was becoming a coach, like it just felt like so jarring. Right. Um, and un- unaligned to be in that way. So that me being the, failing at that was the catalyst for the space that I'm in now um but I had to write a forgiveness letter to myself because there was so much that I was angry about and resentful for and shameful about and guilty about with not doing the way that I expected to do within that job that I wrote a, a, a letter of forgiveness to myself. And I would really encourage this for any areas in life where you feel a big burden around a specific failure, especially if it's a failure which you linked it to meaning that you are a failure. A letter of forgiveness to yourself will be one of the kindest acts that you can give. And especially allowing the hindsight to come in now and allowing yourself to acknowledge that you it all worked out you know writing a letter of forgiveness of of how it panned out at the time but now also bringing in that element of hindsight of it if it working in your favor in some way and if as of yet it working in your favor hasn't quite become clear because it's a fresh failure or failing um then you can ask a question. And the question is also a question that I use um, nowadays when I have a failing. So say if something hasn't succeeded in my business or something hasn't succeeded in my personal life and it feels like a failing and I'm like, oh, damn it, failed there. Like I wanted to succeed, but I failed. I would ask, what wisdom does this failing have for me? Like what teaching is here within this failing? there's always a lesson to be learned. And sometimes we can be a bit like, oh God, I don't want to learn another lesson. I just want to succeed. And I get that. And I'm there with you too, but there's always a lesson within our failings. So can you take a moment to kind of step out from the emotional attachment to the failing, to take a step back, to take a deep breath and ask what wisdom does this failure have for me? What teaching does this failure have for me? And then secondary to that, you can ask yourself, what wisdom does my heart have for me right now? Because not only do we want to like learn the lessons of, oh, yeah, you could have done this differently in your business or you could have done this differently in life um, or it taught you this or it made you figure out this part about yourself or, you know, this now for the future. Also giving ourselves that kindness and compassion just because we might have made failure be neutral doesn't mean that, um, that it always feels good in the in the moment and so giving ourselves that self-compassion which speaks to that idea of like no matter the outcome I've got my back I'm not abandoning myself we can you know really ask ourselves what wisdom does my heart have for me right now like all that question just feels cozy and like nourishing as I even list it out um something that really helped me in the earlier days was looking at who are the people I admire and how do they view failure? Because this speaks this whole part of the fact that we might have been shown a certain way to perceive failure um, by, you know, society and peers and conditioning, etc. But are those, are we, are we viewing failure? Are we accepting how failure is perceived from people 
who actually we don't want to live like or we don't we don't aspire towards and so I started to look at who the people that I admire and how do they perceive failure and as I say because my my relationship with self was so low and I truly felt like I was not good enough I was not worthy I was not deserving I was not lovable I was a failure as I say it didn't begin with me looking at my failings my work began with me looking at the other pieces first but within that as I began to do that and I started to read the books and listen to the podcasts and explore the coaches and all of these different things then I started to come up with this platitude of all these people who lived vicariously and went after their goals and their dreams and their desires and they didn't just get by but they lived um and I asked myself how did they view failure um and that completely began to reshape it for me because I was like oh okay so I can either look at failure in the way that this person next to me does who I don't actually aspire towards and whose life doesn't light me up um to kind of you know copy that in any way or the people that really inspire me or I aspire toward and how they view it and if you do feel that has been a failure where you feel like you failed yourself where you feel like oh I could have done so much better there or I let myself down um then I would just explore that a little bit and just ask yourself where where did I let myself down where is this a failure to me like what did I not do and and why does this feel like a failure to me and likelihood as we progress with this within our relationship with self right is it might feel more like a failure because we're like oh I just really like self-betrayed myself there or I didn't adhere to my boundaries there or I didn't do what I said I was gonna do like I didn't show up in the way I said I was gonna show up or act in the way that I expected and I feel I feel like I really failed myself and you we all will have moments of that um that is in many ways also inevitable and so that gets to be also just given that that questioning that questioning of okay well where where did I feel like I failed so that again there's likely lesson in here and there's space for compassion in here so where did I fail where do I feel like I let myself down what's the lesson here so that I know how to change that moving forward so I don't have to fail in that way again and feel like I failed myself and equally coming back to that kind of heart space of of what can I gift my heart even though I might feel like oh I'm mad at myself because I feel like I failed myself today by not honoring my boundaries and I, I feel like I betrayed myself in some way um or you know I didn't show up in the way I expected to whatever it is um there's a lesson there there's also room for compassion there and the more we give ourselves compassion, the more that we know that we can actually change the way that we do it next time, because we're actually being generous with our kindness and acceptance and love toward ourselves, rather than just removing it because we failed ourselves in some way, which again comes back to that piece of we don't abandon. Ah, so I hope this has been a valuable and insightful conversation for you today and has given you that space and kind of created some 
areas for you to explore even more with around defining your relationship with failure and making your relationship with failure work for you and be of benefit to you. Um, I'd so love to hear your insights, your takeaways, your aha moments. Um, you can feel free to message me over on Instagram. And if these podcast episodes are being of service to you, please do leave me a five-star review. It means the world to be able to get this into the earbuds and into the hearts of even more beautiful souls. Until next time, my loves, take care. Bye-bye. It means the absolute world that I've spent time with you today as you've listened in. If this episode has resonated with you, please feel free to share it or to leave me a review. And in the meantime, between episodes, you can stay connected with me over on Instagram at underscore Amelia Francesca.